0: I'm glad our sermon today included uh, a reference to all creatures great and small. Uh, it's important. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that later, but there, it, it's uh, very fitting that those things go along together today. We're going to spend the first few weeks of uh, 2018 discussing uh, the best year ever. Um, this is the first time, because uh, just because of the leap year, this is the first time in my six years here that we've had a Sunday on New Year's Eve. It's different, uh, so uh, you don't get that many chances to to preach on New Year's Eve. Um, and in all honesty, uh, New Year's Eve is, is is a tough day because it's a day that's so thick with expectation. Um, now, maybe for but. Th- I remember being young and thinking that that, that that everything changed New Year's Eve. Like, oh, it's going to shift over from 2017 to 2018, and, and there's going to be a magical flip at midnight, and something amazing is going to be happening. And I remember in my younger days feeling like I had to do something fun uh, at, at, uh, on New Year's Eve. And most of the time, you would just spend a lot of time and effort trying to plan what you were going to do, and it never ended up being that much fun anyway. And I remember very specifically, and some of you are also old enough to remember this, and some of you have heard me tell this story before, but I remember very specifically New Year's Eve 1999, and if anyone remembers, that was Y2K, and there was deep uncertainty about what was going to happen as we shifted over to the year 2000. It was, were all the computers going to fail? Was there going to be chaos in the streets? And it was fascinating, because I remember I was about, I was 20, I was 22 years 22, 23? Uh, I can't remember, Um, but I was about 22, 23, and uh, and I remember being with all of my friends at an establishment, and there was music playing, and we all counted down to, 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 did the countdown to New Year's Eve, and we did it the same way as we do every year, which is like, three, two, one, happy new year, except that in 2000, uh, uh, there was a little bit of a hesitation where it was like, three, two, one. It's like, it's what. And it was even weird because, like, I grew up in Charlottetown, Prince of Rhode Island, and was in Charlottetown, Prince of Rhode Island at that point in time, which was right. It's in the Atlantic time zone. Nothing is in the Atlantic time zone except the Maritimes. If anything was going to happen, it would have happened at least a half hour earlier in Newfoundland. Like, it would have been some sort of ridiculous, uh, very jingoistic on our part. But. This is a day where we very naturally look backwards with longing and forward with longing to what might have been and forward to what might be. And, and, and the change that we want and expect to happen this time of year is very natural in us. And, 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 and there's this kind of a discomfort that arises around us this time of year where we, where we expect and desire things to be different next year. And and unsurprisingly, because we have this desire within us, there's an industry that's risen up to profit over it. And, and, and there's no end to advertisements right now. And there's no ends to, to, to spam emails you're getting filled with programs that are going to change your life in 2018. That are going to help you and lead you to accomplish all of your goals in 2018. And I don't want to, 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 to slam all of them. Some of those are very good. There's some wonderful life coaches and programs to make 2018 your best uh, day uh, year ever and and some are good and I, and I and I hope and I pray that they work and I hope that in 2018 that and I hope and desire for all of us that it is the best year ever that that, that, that we that we have all of the the things that we want to happen in 2018 happen in 2018 but but because this is a very natural thing for us to do at this time of year I think it's also very important for us to ask the very simple question, what would make 2018 the best year ever? Because as I walk through the bookstore, and as I scroll through my spam email, the list of things that would make 2018 the best year ever seem to be different than what I read in Scripture. Because is... Making all of the money that we want to make and, and fulfilling our financial goals going to make two thousand and eighteen the best year ever is it going to be having all of our relationships deepened and strengthened? Is it going to be finally connecting with family and friends and spouses and and having all of those romantic things work out the way that we want to? Is it going to be finally getting our health and wellness right i 'm going to finally shed all of the extra poundage that i 've built up and i 'm carrying around Is it going to be finally getting the the proper amount of sleep and doing what all of the the the, the health experts tell me to do and is that what's gonna make this the best year ever? And what happens with the things that are completely out of our control? Because if I'm honest, because if I'm honest, most of the years of my life the things that have making the deep made the deepest impact on my life throughout the course of a year have been completely outside of my control. And we all know what happens to the best laid plans of mice and men. And what's interesting is that expression, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry, comes from a Robert Burns poem, the Scottish poet. And and he wrote that poem after he, with his plow, had accidentally ridden over this, this mouse hovel that it was sitting in his field. And he know, saw how this mouse had, had invested all of their time and energy into building this, 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 the, the, this hut to shepherd the, to, to, to shelter them through the winter. And, and in a moment, because he just wasn't paying attention with his plow and didn't see it, and because it was in the wrong place at the wrong time, that, that mouse hole was completely destroyed. And the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Well, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thank you. And if we're honest with ourselves, the things that might affect us the most in 2018 are diagnoses and disasters, and all of these events can change our circumstances in ways that we never expected. But we're not ill equipped for this. And it's not like we're not aware of it, because if we read Scripture, it points us in this direction, that in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the the, the teacher, or Kohelet, is the more accurate translation, uh, which doesn't have a, a, a good translation in English. But he writes this, to everything there is a season, and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And what we see in this poem written and inspired by God in Ecclesiastes is that life happens. And, and there is a time for all of these things. And the circumstances of 2018, many of them are going to be in our control, and we and we should steward and plan those as best we can. But many of them are going to be out of our control as well. And the reality is, and what we're constantly, and what we're deeply aware of, whether we like it or not, is that life just happens. In the last month, my father has fought and beat cancer and then got a a massive staph infection that he's on antibiotics for and beat that back and then got a, a blood clot in his lung that could have taken him out, but he beat that back. And there's so many times where he could have been gone and wasn't, and he still With us. And then just yesterday, I had a cousin, healthy, walking down the stairs, had a brain aneurysm, and fell dead in a moment. Life happens, and there's not necessarily rhyme or reason to it in the way that we understand. In our world, we are not prepared, despite our best planning, for floods and fires. And as much as we plan and as much as we steward, the events of our year often seem out of our control. And the writer of, the writer of Ecclesiastes continues, after he writes that poem, time for war and a time for peace, what do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning. Scripture in Jesus understands why we become cynical and nihilistic, because we understand that we are fleeting. We can understand that, 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 that this can all be wiped out in a moment and all of the things that we build in the moment are, are, are just as likely to be wiped out by a plow coming by as that of a mouse. We have a deep understanding, whether we like it or not, or whether it exists at the forefront of our brains, that we as human beings are bags of meat and electricity on a rock hurtling through empty space. Well, not only that, but, and and not only is that true, we're deeply aware of it constantly. And that's why Robert Burns, if we continue on that poem that he wrote about that mouse, says this in his enviousness of this mouth mouse. He says, But mousie, thou art no, thou art not alone, and proving foresight may be vain. The best laid schemes of mice and men go often awry, and leave us not but grief and pain for promised joy. Still thou art blessed compared with me, Robert Burns says. The present only touches thee, but ach, I backward cast my eye on prospects dear and forward, though I cannot see, I guess, and fear. This is the weight that we carry, what God inspired the writer of Ecclesiastes to call the burden that has been laid on the hearts of men, that he has made everything beautiful in its time, and he said eternity in our hearts, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. This is a weight we carry and we can feel heavier and heavier this time of year and with every passing year. But what is the response to this of the writer of Ecclesiastes? The writer of Ecclesiastes responds in this way. His response to this reality is, he says, I know that there is nothing better for people to do than be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of their toil. This is the gift of God. So the response, the, the, the God-inspired response to the meaninglessness of life and the, uh, the utter f- silliness and, and, and disregard that the universe sometimes has for us God's response to that is not for us to descend into despair and to never plan because planning is futile and pointless, but to rather plan and enjoy life, to work hard, to do good, to enjoy food and drink and sex and dogs and cats and oilers and all of the things that are beautiful about this world and to work joyfully and to ensure that more people can enjoy this as well. That's what we've been called to do. To defiantly stand in the face of the futility of, of life and, and, and our inability to, uh, to control our circumstances and say in the midst of this, I will enjoy the life that, that God has given me and I will trust him for the future even though I can't see it. I think this is fascinating especially for our time, and especially with the people that you and I encounter in 2018, that at the heart of our holy scriptures, at the heart of the word given to us as God, is, is a collection of writings that are as bleak as anything rich, written by Nietzsche, as bleak as you can possibly imagine about the prospects of human existence. But the conclusion of our scriptures is not to respond to this bleakness with hedonism. Just grab all the pleasure that you can. Nothing matters. Get as much pleasure as you possibly can in before you die. Nor is the response to this bleakness apathy. Nothing matters. Nobody cares. Forget about it. Don't do anything. Don't try anything because nothing matters anyway. That's not the response that we've been given. The response that we've been given is to defiantly work for joy and blessing and obedience, to defiantly stand and say, my God is sovereign, my God is working, and even though the circumstances of this world are futile, I will stand and be joyful. We are called to find something to love, to find something in the midst of destruction, in the midst of despair, to bring joy to our lives. And that's a command that we have for 2018. Every day, no matter how bleak, no matter what news is affecting you on, uh, the, uh, in the headlines of the day, to look at it and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That's sometimes difficult. It's sometimes difficult. and And, and I got to be honest, I, as you may have guessed, I am a person that tends toward the morose, and I am medicated for my depression, that's okay, but... But I'm a person that tends to see the bleakness. And I'm a person that also tends to feel like I am not in control of my circumstances. And that leads me to this apathy. But it's very important and it's a discipline to find things that bring you joy at the end of the day and remind you that there is good and that there is beauty in the world. And I'm going to share one of those things with you now. This is very silly, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, One of the things that brings me joy is is the Twitter feed Dog rights. Now, I don't know how well you can see, clearly you can see that picture, but this is a picture of a dog that is holding a wrapped present in its mouth, and then the person wrote, and so this is from a Twitter feed called Dog Rates, and what they do is they rate the dogs. Somebody sends them pictures of dogs, and they they decide how good the dogs are. Now, the dogs all get over 10 out of 10, uh, because they're good dogs, Brent. Uh, no, No dog has ever gotten less than 10 out of 10, so meet Monty. He's been holding his gift for hours now. He decided he loved it before he finished unwrapping, and he has no idea what it is. If that doesn't bring joy to your face, then you need some help. It will continue. See, I, I, I wish this is clearer. This is a very large dog in a very small bed. And this is a very little dog in a very large bed. Meet Say hello to Luke and Oliver they opened the wrong gifts now they're stuck with them clearly some sort of mix pup. 12 out of 10, 12 out of 10 for both now i understand that this is 2018 we're moving into 2018 and that the planet is warming <laughs> and that the sea levels are rising and that the economy is potentially going bad and the person that you don't like is elected, whoever happens to be elected, and that, and that racism exists and violence against women is still a problem and terrorism and dismay are all destroying the world in which we live and it's a very frightening world in which to raise children. But there's a big dog in a little bed and a little dog in a big bed and you have to be able to enjoy that. In the midst of everything that is happening in our world, this is still beautiful and amazing and funny, and we are called to enjoy it. The world is bleak and dangerous, but there is also a big dog and a little pet. This is Fox. He is a jubilant boy, hopes your day will be wondrous, and will be here for you if it is not. 13 out of 10, wood treasure. So that is Fox. And I don't own a dog, I don't want to own a dog, but yet every day I look at these pictures and it's just like, oh right, things are nice in the world, we can have nice things. Uh, I don't know if you can tell, this is Pingo, he's an exotic pup, but it's a joke because he's actually a pig. <laughs> he knows some tricks, weird bark though, wanted to brighten your day, 11 out of 10, thank you, Pingo. It is good and wise for us to pursue the best year ever. And that doesn't mean that we wear blinders to the world around us, but it is incumbent on us and extremely important for us to remember that this world that we've been given is a gift. That the people around us are a gift. That every breath, every meal everything that we've been given every bit of cold weather every bit of sunshine every snowflake is a gift that we've been given from God and we ought to enjoy it we do not close our eyes we do not we do not stick our heads in the sand about the, the 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 ways that this world is bleak and futile. We don't ignore the deep pain that we're feeling. We don't ignore the deep pain of others, but we defiantly remember in the midst of that that God is working and God sometimes allows small pigs to be wrapped in Christmas lights for our enjoyment. It's incredibly important that we do this. We don't wear blinders. But in the midst of of a world that feels very bleak sometimes, we say, with the writer of Ecclesiastes, as he was inspired, that I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I don't know what's going to happen to you in 2018. I don't know what's going to happen to me in 2018. We could be hit by a meteorite a minute from now, and all of this... Ends and we go home to be with our Lord. But I know what we've been called to. And I know that when Jesus was asked what was the most important thing for humans to do, what is the most important commandment, what is the most important thing for human beings to to dedicate themselves to, he said this He said, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. And with all of your mind, this is the first and the greatest commandment. The most important thing that we can do in the middle of a world that appears bleak is to love God. Is to remember that he is writing this story well. And that his love for us is deep and present and powerful. And even though this world appears bleak and empty, we can see that God is moving and working in our midst. That is the first and greatest commandment with all of our heart with all of our soul, with all of our mind, love the Lord our God. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. In the midst of this, recognize that God is working in other people too. And we love them because he has loved us, because we are so filled with the love of God that how can we not recognize the humanity and God's image in other people and love them as well? All of the law and the prophets hang on these things. All of the programs that we're going to do this year. All of the exercise. All of the financial planning. All of the self-help motivation seminars. All of the leadership coaching. All of that is wonderful. But if it does not bring us back to this, if it does not bring us back to loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbors and ourselves, then it's all empty. And it's all meaningless. It's all vanity of vanities as the writer of Ecclesiastes says. But in the midst of trying to find this, of finding joy in the bleakness, we recognize that we have been called to this because it is possible. To to find joy and peace in the moment and love the Lord our God with all of our minds, with all of our soul, with all of our heart, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Let's pray together. God, as we head into another calendar year, We ask that you would help us to remember in every moment what your greatest commandment is. That you would help us to remember to love you. So that when we see minus 31 as the temperature, and we, and we, and we have cars that don't start, and we read newspaper headlines that are, that are frustrating, and, 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 it, and we feel alone... And, and, and we feel lost, and we feel like the circumstances of this world have led us to a place where nothing that we do matters, that at that moment we would remember this word, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to remember all of the good gifts that you've given us, from friends, from family, from, from your word, to, to, to cute pictures of cute animals. We ask that you would remind us of what is good and what is important, because we need that right now, God. Yes, we would not spend 2018 so focused on us, but that we would spend 2018 more deeply focused on you, because we know that in doing that, we will have the best of what you have to offer for us, and that 2018, if it is directed at you, no matter what the circumstances, will be our best year ever. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus.